Hey, you're listening to the When She Steers podcast. This is a learn as you grow workshop styled podcast showcasing all the incredible things that can happen when a woman leads. Whether it's running a business, finances, or real estate, we share relatable experiences of all the peaks and valleys so you can learn and become the best version of you. I'm your host, Annie DeMello, and your millennial realtor. With my background in the financial industry and currently in real estate, I found that many women feel unsure, overwhelmed, or believe that this is their husband's department. But you're in control. So let's grab a coffee together and dive on in with all the tips and strategies to take the wheel for all things unanswered right here on the When She Steers podcast. In light of the new year and all of us trying to get aligned with our goals, whether it's health, fitness, or financials, I have an incredible guest speaker today coming to you from Fit Empowered Training, Shireen. Not only in this episode does she talk about how she's built her business, but I love how she talks about her journey from breaking her leg to competing in several different competitions, whether that's fitness, figure, powerlifting, and putting some serious awards behind her name. She's placed first in her division and achieved the best squat, best deadlift, and overall female lifter, as well as earning the top spot in her division for Team Canada Powerlifting at the 100% Raw World Championships. I that Shireen isn't just about the physique and the physical appearances, She's training others to help them build a healthy lifestyle and to build their self-development to gain more confidence one day at a time. Tune on in to hear my conversation with Shireen. When I first got into the fitness industry, like I like I've always been athletic, right? But I was just, you know, in the wrong crowd uh, with the wrong person. Like I just kind of lost myself a little bit. I, um, you know, turned to partying a lot, just kind of not knowing what I wanted to do in life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So what kind of got me back, like, into figuring out what I wanted to do was I I broke my leg, actually, in rugby. And then I I was just, you know, you, you don't get any exercise, you you're on bed rest for a few months. Um, and it just got to me, it was probably one of, you know, the darkest times, not being able to do anything, right? Like, you, I had surgery, I just, you you have to rest and recover. Um, so I was just like, I needed to get back into something. And I started going to the gym. And I think I can relate to a lot of women where, you know, you go to the gym, and you don't, you're so insecure, you're so uncomfortable, you don't want to be around like the guys, you don't want to be it's around the dumbbells. Yeah, it's so intimidating, right? So luckily for me, I had a friend um, that was willing to help me learn the ropes of, okay, how do I lift weights, how to properly, um, you know, have proper technique, things like that, right? So I got super lucky um, having my friend Anthony there uh, showing me the ropes. And that kind of led the way um, into me getting into like competing. So So what inspired you to get into competing? Because I guess learning how to use a dumbbell and competing are two two completely different sides of the spectrum, right? Yeah, definitely. So I think just being able to feel powerful in the gym really, you know, inspired me to want to go farther, right? So you Mm -hmm. can lift all the weights in the gym, right? But when you're competing, it's, it's a whole different 
level. So I first started with powerlifting. So powerlifting was where it was at. I was like, you know, I just want to be strong. I want to go for records. Um, And I, you know, I got to go pretty far in that. I got to, you know, do meets all over Alberta. And then I got to go to Pennsylvania for that, right? And then that kind of opened the door to wanting to do a bikini competition because I was like, okay, well, I'm strong, right? But doing a bikini competition, it's so different. Like, it's not even about how much weight you can lift anymore. It's about, you know, the mental challenges, how to, um, how to really take your body to another level, not in the sense of how much weight you're lifting, but how aesthetic you can look, you know? Um, and I think you're also being a little bit modest in terms of the powerlifting. <laughs> uh, didn't you win some crazy competition of like first place? Yeah, so it was really awesome. I uh, so I got to go to Worlds twice. Um, the first time I went, you know, it's so brand. It was so brand new to me. I didn't really, you know, care to like break records at the time, but it was just so much fun, and it's such a different community where everybody is just so you know encouraging and they they're all screaming at you to like lift all this weight right so the farther I went I uh, I ended up breaking a squat and a deadlift record actually at my second time going to worlds which was a huge accomplishment for me do you want to give us some numbers of weights (laughs) yeah I mean so there's different federations that's the only thing so I mean, because I have like the world record in raw powerlifting doesn't mean I have the world record um, in other federations. So my squat record. (laughs) (laughs) So my squat is three hundred and twenty five pounds, and my body weight was one hundred and thirty pounds. Oh my gosh! (laughs) um, My deadlift is three hundred and eighty pounds, which is. Uh, pretty pretty high I would say (laughs) no kidding you're so modest this is insane Uh, (laughs) I think I think too it's because like I've I haven't been powerlifting like ever since I had uh, like knee surgery right Mm -hmm. so I feel like there's so many girls that are just so strong now that I know like I have the record and everything but it's like the girls that I know that can lift more than me are just amazing like it's so unreal right so it's like I know I'm at a certain level that some people look at like you know but for me I'm just like oh I feel like I'm just kind of like in the middle I haven't really broke ground yet compared (laughs) to what these girls are right and I think that's what keeps me going is like there's so much potential that everybody has they just don't realize it right so you know Mm -hmm. that saying like shoot for the stars right yeah so I always think like that like I'm always thinking to myself oh you can go farther you can do more you can be better like all the time right Mm -hmm. so I guess now the inspiration and the motivation to get into the gym so I'm sure you remember this but I guess a while back I was very active into the gym like I was there every day I was training with Steve um I was breaking my own personal records. They weren't 300 pounds, but it was like 200. So I did something. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. Ever since, I guess, work kind of took over my life, I haven't been to the gym in almost like a year. Like since the pandemic started, um, yeah. I haven't really been to the gym. So now 
to get the motivation back. It's like, okay, well, I'm doing like 200 body weight squats and I feel like I'm dying, which is Mm -hmm. completely different to what it was before. Like, how would you, I guess, advise me or someone like me to be able to get that motivation to do the same things and go back into it? Um, I, I actually get this a lot from clients, right? Like I don't have motivation, you know, I'm getting discouraged, things like that. And things are changing all around us, right? Like we can't really control them closing the gyms right now. Um, nobody, not everybody has access to equipment and things like that. So Mm -hmm. the first thing I always talk to my clients about was like, okay, lift um to feel better about yourself right because at this moment it's not always about how much you can lift how long you can exercise for it's literally just moving at this point right and clearing your head and then eventually that motivation will start to come back where you're like oh hey like I used to lift you know 220 pounds let me just work towards that again right but Mm -hmm. it all comes from how you feel first right like if you feel like you're forcing yourself then it's going to be a crappy workout right and you're just going to hate it right so yeah (laughs) yeah whenever I tell my clients like hey like if you just need to you know focus on your cardio today that's more than enough right the only thing is like I know so many people have like all these goals that they want to do but it's like we can't control you know that that gyms are closed or you don't have equipment, right? So there's so many factors that you just have to take into um, consideration when it comes to, you know, finding your routine again, right? So I always tell them, like, control what you can control, right? So it's like, if you can go for a walk and you can go for a run, you can do body weight exercises, right? As long as you're trying to maintain, right, your health and your strength, that's more than enough, especially during a pandemic, right? A lot of this has to do with your mental space and your mental capacity. And one, it's having the right mindset to be able to start a workout. But I think it's also the mindset of, you know, where you're at too. And I maybe want you to touch on this with just how you were before. Because I think if anyone were to see a picture of you, um, and I hope that people follow you on Instagram afterwards just to see you you are kind of like this workout goddess. Like you look the right part. You're jacked. You're toned. Like you got this bubble, but like you have like a <laughs> dream woman's body in a sense. Um, but thing is, that wasn't always the case for you. So how did you get into the mindset of um, when you were first starting out? Um, and maybe you consider it overweight or just not what you wanted to be to where you are now. Obviously, I started getting into fitness because I didn't like how I was looking. You know, like to me, even though to a lot of people, you know, they would say, oh, you're not even overweight, you look fine. But you know, it comes from within, right? So for me, because I thought like, you know, I'm a little bit, I was felt like I was a little bit chubby, which was kind of what started my fitness journey. And I had no intentions of, you know, ever wanting to do a bikini competition at all. Like, I always wanted to just focus on like, being strong like I think it's because I grew up with an older brother like I was so competitive in that sense that Mm -hmm. like I was just you know I just want to be strong I just want to lift more I just I didn't care to be like this pretty little person walking on the stage with heels right strutting down the like catwalk like I never I never expected it but the more that I got into the fitness industry like um you see it a lot right so then that kind of started to get into my competitive mindset where I was like, I can do that. 
I can mm-hmm. be good at that, right? And for me, I don't, I don't really care about the aesthetic look. Like, obviously, when I'm competing, yes, like, that's what you have to aim for. But, you know, day to day, I think for me is like, I always focus on just my mental health first, and then getting strong. And then it kind of moved into that more aesthetic part. So outside of the aesthetics and the looks of, I guess, bikini competition, nutrition and diet is a huge part with that. And what else? Like with nutrition, for sure. I mean, when when I first was powerlifting, I didn't really care about my nutrition. I was kind of like, oh, I can still eat whatever and burn it off. Even when mm-hmm. I was playing soccer, I was like, oh, you know, I could play a, a, an hour game and then, you know, go to McDonald's or go to... Um, a party or drink or whatever right like I didn't really notice how big of an effect your nutrition had um and I I actually like the first six months of my fitness journey like working out and stuff I didn't care about my nutrition I was just like no it's too hard I can't do it like I was like that person where I just never gave it a chance Mm -hmm. but I was like you know if I'm working so hard towards something I should at least try to eat better right like I wasn't seeing much changes, even though I was lifting heavy. So the moment I started focusing on my nutrition, I just felt so much better. You know, my workouts were better. My mindset was better. I was actually taking care of my my health. Like, it just felt so good, right? And that's one of the things that I have learned. You know how they say you are what you eat? Yep. Yeah. So... I, w- I take that into consideration a lot because a lot of people nowadays don't realize, you know, how big of an effect nutrition has on you, especially totally. women, you know, yeah. and I've noticed even as I'm, I'm getting older, right? Like I can't handle dairy as well. You know, our, our bodies are always changing, right? Absolutely. So it's something to think about and it's, it's a hard habit for a lot of clients I find to focus on their nutrition right I agree yeah and I remember even I can't remember how many years back this was maybe four years ago um I was trying to do charity boxing and I joined super last minute I was probably a month out before my fight and between that month I had to gain 15 pounds to be able to get to that next weight class to compete with this girl and that calculated for me to have to eat 5,000 calories a day like it was disgusting what I was trying to eat but the most challenging part was that I just assumed oh well 5,000 calories a day like I can just down a couple Big Macs and gain my weight through that yeah and I remember the moment that I got into the ring it was so heavy like I was like I can't carry my own body weight and do the cardio that I used to do and I remember just yeah the first round I was dying I was like holy crap I feel like I'm 200 pounds I can't keep up (laughs) yeah Yeah, because then you just feel so like foggy, just heavy, right? Like bloated Mm -hmm. feeling. And it gets to you like your mindset is everything, honestly. And it's like if you can't have like a a good mindset, it's gonna be hard, you know, to take care of things around you. It's funny because I mean, I don't think I had that big of body image issues growing up. It's just, you know, at a certain point, my clothes were fitting tight. I wasn't as athletic I used to be as I used to be, you know, playing soccer like my whole life. I think for me, I've never really had an issue with like binge eating. 
I definitely had just more of an issue with being insecure with myself. The more that um, I'm meeting clients and things and like people in the industry, I've noticed that a lot of people have um, body image issues. It's kind of sad, but it's also hard for me to even like talk to them about. I think obviously they, they need to talk to somebody more you know, that has experience with like psychology and things. But the more that I talk to especially women that have uh, body image issues, it starts with who they're around and their environment, Mm -hmm. I would say. Like, especially if you're, you know, if you have a really bad like relationship with somebody in your life, like it affects how you feel and how you look at yourself. I've noticed a lot of people that have the body image issues end up you know, having really bad eating disorders, right? So I've, I've met clients that can't stop eating. And then I have clients that don't want to eat at all, because they're scared to eat. It's so hard to even have a plan set for a client unless they fix, you know, their relationships around them and their environment too, right? Because if they are, they're having those issues, they take it out in the way they're eating. And then it's just this, this, this vicious cycle that they have. You know, it's obviously the surroundings and who they're around to just have that inner confidence. But then there's also the other side where there's the stigma against, oh, I don't want to work out because I don't want to look buff. I'm going to be too buff if I lift weights. Totally. Oh my gosh. I was that person actually. Like that was the first <laughs> thing I said to Anthony when we were working out. And it's so crazy how much you learn after you just start lifting the weights. Um, and just doing your own research, right? So for a girl to even get buff or build that much size will take years, right? Like, you know how many guys I know that have been trying to put on muscle for so long and they can't even get that to that level? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's so funny that girls have this idea that they will get buff, but the only way you're going to be able to, you know, see some muscle and get that toned look is if you start doing resistance training. I think that's one of the things that I always preach to like women around me and and the clients is like, just go and lift. It's not going to hurt you. You're not going to get this manly image that everybody thinks. It's so funny that you bring that up because I can't believe I was that person too. (laughs) And then now I'm and I'm, you know, I'm not even anywhere close to being what a man would look like, right? So No, definitely not. But the, <laughs> I, I appreciate the weightlifting side of things because you're doing things naturally. Like you're building your muscles naturally, whether that's, you know, your your legs or your arms and that kind of stuff. But then we also have society expectations of, you know, you have to have a big butt and then you can't do it fast enough. So then a lot of women now steer into that implant and the um, plastic surgery kind of side. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on an implant versus a real butt. <laughs> Definitely more competitive the deeper you are in the fitness industry, I would say. Like, you know, you have people, not even just implants and surgery, but people that take drugs and, you know, don't want to do it naturally. Like some some clients, they just don't want to give them themselves um, enough time to get that far, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say because I've even had to deal with some clients that, 
um, have talked about it or, you know, when women, they talk about getting even breast implants, right? So I don't really have a good or bad opinion on it because it's, it's your own body. As much as I like stray away from it, I would never be like, oh, why are you getting butt implants? Like, I'm not going to be your friend because you got butt implants. You know what I mean? It's like- So you wouldn't be judgmental, but you would just prefer not to do it for yourself. Exactly. Like, I'm all about, you know, staying natural, letting my body do its own thing, you know, working hard for it. But like, I know, I even know like a lot of girls that, you know, get the Botox and get the lip fillers, right? But- it's it's really hard to have like a certain opinion on it, I guess, because it's all around us. And I don't mm-hmm. want to be like too biased with it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's it's their body. What Whatever uh, people do to their body is their own. It is hard because I look at all these girls and I'm like, oh my God, like they can eat this much, but you know, they stay so slim, like how, right? But you never know if they're taking anything to help with that or you know, if I, if I'm like doing so many squats and donkey kicks and glute bridges and trying to build my legs, but then you see all these, you know, women with implants, but you know, it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's I like think a lot thing. of that has to stem from a certain area too. Like getting a butt implant or breast implants truly makes someone happy, then, you know, that's, that's for them. But I think if they're doing it for the sake of trying to fit in or, you know, reach the expectation that they believe society has put out for them, I think that's where the challenge comes in from. Because when are you ever going to be satisfied? Yeah, You didn't work for it, right? So there's going to be that empty void where you go, well, I did this, but I also have to go do something else because XYZ person also did it. Exactly. And that's, that's a sad part, I think, with society is that there's this certain image that girls are always looking for, you know, it's like before it was big boobs, now it's big butts, right? And a lot of girls, they don't want to put in the work for that, you know, they, that's why I think they, they turn towards the surgeries and things, which is, it's very hard for me, especially like as a trainer to be like, oh, don't do that. Or what are you doing? You know what I mean? And I think coming from like a family that was very conservative it would totally be frowned on you know Mm -hmm. they would be like even just getting a tattoo like my parents would be like what are you doing right like oh yeah (laughs) it it just sucks that society has ingrained it into our head like we see it on social media all the time and like if I could I wish I could tell you know I wish girls especially wouldn't feel that insecurity these days right or feel that pressure to like have to look a certain way agree I totally agree and I think having someone in my corner whether it's a coach or a trainer of some sort that person tends to keep me grounded just to be like hey no like you're you're doing you and you're doing good so for you how can you speak on being a coach and that trainer to be able to guide someone through their journey if they're in a situation like that Being a trainer and then being a friend you have to draw that line sometimes but like mm-hmm. I've noticed myself like as a trainer I've kind of allowed a lot of my relationships with my clients kind of go beyond just a trainer right and go beyond just fitness where I've I've think a lot of them just have more going on inside or more of a story behind why they even start fitness in the first place so I would say I think just 
literally just being there just mentally for your for your client right because like I say this all the time it's not always about fitness sometimes your clients say you're the only person that they can go to that mm-hmm. they they know you're going to listen and things like that and I think everybody needs that whether it's a trainer or a coach or even a friend they just need somebody that they can go to right I think it's important to have a good person to go to though because you can always have someone to go to and they're probably the person that's going to tell you that you're not good enough. Right? Totally. Again, going back to that that person or who you're surrounded with comes down to this. So Yeah, and that's it's funny because I've met so many trainers that they don't build kind of that relationship with their client. So then I think a lot of those uh, trainer-client relationships actually fail because, you know, they didn't put that extra effort in, you know, just listening to what their client is going through, right? So it's funny because actually being in a big box gym when I first was working there, it was just kind of like all my clients, I tried so hard to build this relationship with them, but a lot of them, they just treated it as it was just like they were just a number, you know? So it was like it didn't matter if they they didn't show up anymore. But to me, like even after moving away from that big box gym, I still see and talk to a lot of my clients that I used to train just on social media, just, you know, seeing how they're doing. Because to me, I don't think every person that comes into your life is just a number, right? Like they might come into your life for a certain reason or just a certain time. But like, I think everybody has an impact on your life uh, more than just fitness or training or being a teacher. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot more to it. And being able to hold up that relationship and still continue to build the rapport is what's going to help you create your community, right? Exactly. And I think that's what's helped me also going off on my own and doing my my own training business, right? I think that's actually what's helped me build such a great community because I don't just only look at all my clients as like, oh, you're just a number. I'm going to see you back here in like next year. You know, oh, you're, you're not training with me anymore. Okay, bye. It's kind of like... Mm-hmm even if they don't train with me, they can still come to me, right? Like my doors always open for the people that I've had like contact with, right? Because one of these days, you know, they will come back to you and they won't, they will want help from you or, you know, you might know, you might need them for help. I've only been really training for, this would be going on to my fourth year, which is crazy. Um, oh, I feel like you've been in it for so much longer. Yeah, right. I think you seem just, so experienced. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. I think it's just I gained a lot of experience with all the different people that I've met throughout, right? And I think the difference for me is when I was trying to leave and going to starting my own business. You know, you always get people that are like, "You're not going to be successful. You know how much hard work it's going to be." Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you might fail. You're going to, we're, we're going to see you back here. Um, things like that. So there, there's definitely a lot of negativity when you want to do something for yourself, no matter if it's a training business, you know, a skincare business, um, real estate, business, even. real estate. Yeah. And I'm sure like you even get it a lot where you're like, why are you doing this? Are you getting anything out of it? Like, you know, oh, so for it's, sure. you know what, it's, even from like my own family, I remember getting started into real estate. And then my mom actually gave me an ultimatum. She goes, if you can't make a good income this year, quit and find a real job. 
yeah I was like, oh <laughs> okay oh, like so much doubt with everybody around you um you'll have like a few that are like oh my gosh you got this go do it you know and I I had a few people that were like that that you know go spread your wings um you have the work ethic you'll be fine but I had so many people in my head do you, are you sure you want to do this are you sure this is the right thing to do right and that's the thing as I waited out and I was like okay well I could stay here and be comfortable and secure but I'll be so unhappy like I I won't be able to feel like I've actually done something for myself right so I'm actually so glad I took that leap right and I did go on my own and I was ready I was ready to be like okay Shreen you're gonna struggle for at least six months right like no matter how hard you work you're gonna struggle for six months but it was funny because that wasn't the case for me. Like th- the moment I, I went off and did my own thing, like I was busy within a month. Like I was busy within a month and then going forward, like I haven't stopped being busy even during a pandemic, right? Wow. Because there's so many things like not just sales wise, but there's so many things that you can do to stay busy, to help, you know, yourself grow, your business grow, your education grow. Right. So like, I feel like if I didn't leave, I wouldn't, you know, gain the more gain the experience like I did now. And that's the thing is there's still so much more I need to learn. Like I didn't realize, too, is the admin stuff and the business side of things was so hard in the beginning. Like, oh, yeah, it's a lot. It's so much that, you know, they don't they didn't teach us in school. Right. And I had wish I had gone to school to at least learn a little bit of it or taken a course, but I just kind of learned a lot through my mistakes, to be honest, mm-hmm. right? So it was like, I had the training side down. I had a way to, you know, promote my my fitness and get clients, but it was like when it came to like, you know, the admin stuff, the legal stuff, the taxes, like all that stuff, it was it was just kind of like, okay, figure it out on your on your own. Right? Totally. And I think that's the hardest thing for someone to get into any business is they just go, well, you know, if I want to get into fitness and be a trainer, I just need to know how to be a trainer. I need to know fitness. But little did they realize that, hey, you have to understand how to actually run your business like a real business. There's legalities behind it. There's GST that you have to pay. You know, there's so much more than just being in that one field. And I guess with that, a lot of times people get very nervous into, you know, being their own boss, if you want to call that. It's because of the no security. You know, you, yeah. there's no commissions. If you're completely commission-based, there's no security behind that. You're not getting paid a salary or a base of some sort to do what you do. Exactly. So how did you get over that hurdle to just say that, you know what, even though I'm not secured with any sort of income, I'm going to do it anyways? I think the fact that I knew I was working for this for my own sake you know I wasn't working to make somebody else happy I wasn't working to make you know this person make money and all that stuff I think for me it was just kind of like okay I'm doing this for me and I believe in what I'm doing has more value right so it's like you know you can't put a number on yourself whether you hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars a month you know you have to really believe in what you're doing is going to work. Right. And so I know in the early stages, like I was so terrified. I'm just like, oh, like, you know, I'm scared that I wasn't going to make any, any money. Right. But I was just like, man, like I know what I'm going to doing is going to have an impact on women, especially. Right. And the people around me, because 
you just have to believe in yourself at the end of the day what like it doesn't matter what business you're in or you know if you're in school is you just really have to believe in yourself and believe in your brand right and I think that's one of the main things that kind of like helped me grow and and keep going farther with um like my training business is I just believe in my brand and I believe I can actually you know make a, a an impact with the people around me and I know I'm just local right now and I hope to expand a little bit more like down the road it's just gonna take some time right so what would you say is the most rewarding thing about your job oh there's so many like rewarding things um I think just meeting all the different people that are comfortable coming to me you know and I think that's so rewarding because it it clearly shows that somebody trusts you and they like what you're doing there you know there's so many coaches out there they can easily find a program that's cheaper find you know ways of getting training for lower price right but I think the Mm -hmm. fact that I just I value every relationship client relationship I have and just value my my brand itself I think just speaks um to a lot of women right well women and men I've trained men too it's just like most of my my clients are, are women and I think that a lot of them I can actually relate to <laughs> I think that's just it's more rewarding to be able to make an impact on somebody um even when it, if it's just your first time meeting right like they're there for a reason right they're there yeah. because uh they want you right? Or they believe what you're doing is going to help them. What's been such a huge part of your success is who you are as a person and who you show up as. And I love the way that you show up on social media because you're so relatable and you're real. You're not just, you know, I'm doing this and it just seems so far from stretch of what it is. You show people the step-by-step of how you got there and it just makes someone feel a lot more comfortable to just say, or to give themselves a chance to at least try to work with you. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me, especially because <laughs> Instagram is, it's it's blowing up in the sense that I feel like half of the stuff isn't even real anymore, you right? know? And it's like, I don't want to change the the things I post. I don't want to change who I am to make these to the people that, that are- box everyone yeah, else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, I need to stay true to who I am because it's like- yes then I just, I'll hate it. I will not enjoy, you know, being on social media anymore, right? And it, it sucks because there is a lot of pressure, like, oh, you, and I overthink it a lot too, where I should be like, oh, I should post, um, you know, a workout soon. Oh, I should post a post, a picture soon. Oh, what should I post tomorrow, right? To like keep that engagement. And so it is competitive in that sense, but I really try so hard to not let it get to my head. And I think that's where, um, a lot of people struggle right now, especially trainers, is like they don't believe in what they're doing is going to work or that they can stand out. But it's like you can totally stand out. It's just you kind of have to keep that um, same consistent energy like going, right? Because the moment you try to like change who you are, um, I think you'll actually lose a lot of real, you know, friendships and real followers. I truly believe that in terms of your numbers on your your social media accounts, it's not about how many followers you have. It's really how many of those followers can you 
create into customers or paying clients. Yeah, exactly. And it it is sad because I know a lot of people, they always, you know, think their value is based on all these followers, but it's like some of these followers are robots and it's like, yeah, <laughs> do, do these followers pay your bills? You know what I mean? Do they actually support your your brand or your company or your service, you know? Totally. So, I always try to not let that get to my head. And that's kind of why I love training like older, the older clientele, because they're, they'll stay with you no matter what, because you're just that person, you know, to them, you're just, uh, you're not the social media person. They don't care about social media. They care about like how you treat them, you know, the, the friendship that they built with you and things like that. Right. So it's it could get a little toxic, I would say, especially at our age in the world that we live in today. You got to look like a Kim Kardashian or you're not doing yeah, it right. <laughs> there's so much pressure and it's it's so hard to compete with and it's so easy to compare yourself, you know. And so that's like something I always have to think to myself daily, like never compare yourself. Right. Because 100%. you don't know what they're actually doing, you know you don't know how they they actually got all those followers or um, what kind of service they provide, what value they bring to people's lives, right? You can only do what you can do and I guess provide your your service in your way. One advice that you can give to someone who's starting out the year and just trying to stick to their goals of their fitness. The main thing that I always touch on is always thinking beyond just a one month or two month thing, right? Like you it's so funny how people always start in January and they're like, okay, let's hit the reset button. But then they just slowly go back into their old patterns anyways. So mm-hmm. this goes for, for even me too, is like, I always have to think like, okay, when I'm working out or when I'm, you know, training, this is going to be something that is going to help me long-term. It can't just be a three month thing, a one month thing. Right. So I think just being able to think like, your goals are, it's not, it's not going to be a short-term goal. It has to be long-term. It's going to, what's actually help a lot of people in that sense. And then we go back to where people, they just want the shortcut, right? Like they want results yeah. fast. Um, and that's the difference between me and other trainers. It's like, I can't, I can't give you that quick result unless you put in that work. Yeah. So when, whenever anybody is like starting their, their new, new fitness journey, like it's so exciting, but they always have to think beyond just that one month thing or two month goal. Accountability has a lot to do with it. And that's the beauty about having a trainer is that, you know, if you book a meeting, you're showing up and you're training and they're going to hold you accountable to your goals because they also know it and you've shared that with them as well. So if someone were to get started into uh, training and, you know, maybe have some curiosity behind that, where can they find you? I have a personal one and then a business one. So if they wanted to look more into like, what I do, what my clients have accomplished, then it, it'll it'll be f.e.training. Okay. And then my personal one is just Shereen E-E-E. So S-H-E-R-I-N-E-E-E. And thank you so much for tuning in today. I know that your story gets asked all the time on your platform. So I'm happy that you got to share that on my podcast. Ladies, as always, do one thing today to steer yourself in the right direction. And if that's a couple of squats, push-ups, sit-ups, get them done.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the When She Stares podcast. Before you go, I'd appreciate it so much if you can show your support by leaving me a review, sharing this episode with a girlfriend, and saying hi on Instagram. Come find me at underscore Annie DeMello. Thank you so much and see you next time.